Hello, you're listening to People, Pets, and Vets with Dr. Brad Miller and Registered Veterinary Technician Angel Martin. Hello. Each week, we bring you current events and news in the veterinary industry and share our thoughts and perspective on how they impact us in our animal hospital. We also try to give you an insight and behind-the-scenes glance at our clinic and the people in it. This episode 46 is being brought to you by Georgia Veterinary Associates, a family of animal hospitals caring for your family pet. So once again, we are in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Not so beautiful today. No, sir. A little bit of winter, but uh, it's really kind of the the worst part of winter we have had thus far, and it's not that bad. (laughs) Right. So it's like 46 degrees outside. So um, anything to add at this point? Want to talk about anything last week? Anything of note? You want to jump into the word of the of the day? What do you want to do? Let's just jump right in. So let's recap the last week's word. Do you remember? Um, no. Was <laughs> what was it? In a susception? <laughs> no. What was it? Physis. Oh, physis. That's right. We had the <laughs> the little dog. Uh, uh, so yeah, we did surgery. You posted some pictures. I, I did. think um, before and after. You did a before X-rays. and after, and I definitely got clearance from uh, the pet's owner. She was happy to have us. Uh, put that out for education so yeah doing very well everything went well so yeah physis the growth plate of a bone yep so since you brought it up it doesn't have to be this word but what is in this exception uh we'll save that for next time you're just gonna keep people hanging yeah. huh okay. yeah it's, i can't even really i can i know what it means i can say it i can barely spell it i usually can get the spelling right but i always have to kind of double check myself intussusception and there's an intussusception <laughs> that sounds like a baseball player uh, oh, from my old what? school, Dave Concepcion. Um, there's the part. So, interception means the telescoping of the typically the small intestine. It can be any, any gut onto yeah. itself. But there, that is the interception when it does that. But the receiving part is called like the interception. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I'll have to look Uh, that up and get back to you. Okay, so so we'll make that next week. Uh, So you came up with the word of the week uh, for this week. and So reason being is because it's not something that we do often, but we had someone call and and ask if we do this. And, of course, we can. We do. But it's not common. So what is it? So I had to break it down (laughs) into uh, kind of my own pronunciation, but... Sialoadnectomy. So I, I, I pronounce it sialoadnectomy. Sialo. Sialoadnectomy. Sialoadnectomy. Same difference. So all these words, we, I think we've mentioned this, it's, it's all Latin roots, uh, right. medical terminology. And so, you have to break it down into suffixes and prefixes. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and yeah. So the root sialo means saliva, right? Yeah. And ectomy means Removal of. Removal of. So we have sialoadenectomy. Ad is like glandular. Mm-hmm. So salivary gland removal. removal. Am I right? <gasps> yes, I think you are correct. Yeah, so sialoadenectomy. Um, so you perform that procedure. You are, in this case, me. me yeah, definitely me, not me. Me perform <laughs> that procedure um, when there's typically a ruptured duct. Uh, from a gland. So uh, you put some notes. I'll I'll let you explain salivary glands and their purpose. I just put this little educational piece here. So dogs essentially have four uh, pairs of major salivary glands. 
the zygomatic, the mandibular, the sublingual, and the parotid. Is that how you say that? Parotid. Parotid. The major function of these glands is to lubricate the oral cavity and facilitate digestion and maintain overall health of the mouth. Saliva, go ahead. So, correct. That starts the digestion process in the mouth. Right. Saliva is predominantly composed of water, but also contains mucus and enzymes. And when saliva leaks from damaged or diseased ducts, a local inflammatory process begins and creates sialocele's or subcutaneous collections of saliva lined by thin-walled sacs of granulation tissue. Well so, said, well said. So, sialosil is the collection of saliva usually usually under the skin. So, usually like people or under the tissues. People don't know that this is happening to their pet, right? So, they'll come in, they'll like, "Oh, I felt this little lump, but it's soft and squishy." Mm-hmm. And it's usually underneath the jaw. Correct? Like right. That's their presentation. Right. So parotid or usually it's uh, the mandibular and zygomatic arches. If those ducts, so they sit kind of, I'm pointing to my the back of my jawbone. jaw. They kind of sit behind your jawbone below below your ear. Same thing in a pet. So that's where the, the, um, the glands are along with a lymph node. It's kind of in that area as well. Um, so whenever saliva is transmitted into the oral cavity, it gets there via a duct. And so if that duct gets damaged, then yes, long story short, you have what's called a cervical, meaning neck, sialocil. Do you know the name if it ruptures underneath the tongue, if the sublingual duct ruptures? Lingual sialocele? It's called a ranula. Oh, a ranula. I've R-A-N-U-L-A. actually heard of that. R-A-N-U-L-A. Yeah, you've, you've heard that. Yeah. We fixed a couple of those. The last one was a little a little so pug. It's different, right? So a ranula does not necessarily present the same way with like... Yeah, so that's kind of where I was going. I said under the skin, and I'm like, no, a ranula is actually just under the, the mucosal tissue under the tongue. So they those cases present just with a really big swelling under the tongue, and it's pretty obvious the way the, the pet's acting there. And sometimes it will gravitate down between the, the mandibles underneath, underneath your chin area. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Those are really cool cases. Uh, You go in and on the ranulas, you go in and make a a new stoma or opening underneath the tongue and you don't, you don't fix the ruptured duct. The saliva continues just to leak out into the oral cavity, which is the whole purpose of it anyway. Right. So surgical correction for the most part in both cases, be it submandibular or sublingual. Yeah. Yeah. Usually on the cervical uh, sialocele, you figure out which side uh, is affected and you take out the two associated glands. Uh, Typically, um, I believe it's the zygomatic and the, the mandibular that you take out. And therefore Do you pets have problems them. after the fact um, with digestion, chewing, that kind of thing? No, no. You because don't have that, to soak their food? No, because they have salivary glands on the other side still. Okay. So, yeah, it would be a problem um, if you had to remove them all, but I don't know of any condition you would do that. Typically, it's one side or the other. It's not usually bilateral. Speaking of salivary ducts, what other um, ocular ophthalmic procedure is done involving salivary ducks in animals do you know ocular procedure involving salivary ducts mm-hmm. i don't know i know like you have your lacrimal ducts in your eyes that mm-hmm. so you flush those if they i guess have issues with tear production but i don't know what you're asking Tell so me. you can do a, tra- uh, a transposition trans 
I don't even know, know what the word is. Basically, you you take one of these ducts and you route it up to the eye so that you have saliva going in the eye for KCS, dry eye. Okay, so that's pretty uncommon procedure. Yeah, and that would be if you've tried usually what the Optimune tacrolimus medications uh, and they don't work, then you would you would go with that. So interesting. Uh, yeah. So that's quite a. All right. In, so one in, more time, cyalinodectomy. <laughs> Sialoadenectomy. 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 Okay, yeah. You have to say it like twice before it actually like yeah, it, it, flows off the it's, tongue. It's, it's a long word, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, let's jump into news stories. Um, All right. I saw this and you pulled this up as a story to talk about, about this green puppy. Oh my gosh, this green puppy has literally taken over all of social media. And honestly, the news, CNN picked this up. And I'm just That's like, crazy. it is so bizarre to me. So let's talk about the green puppy. So I read just the the summary of the story and I thought, oh, this might be a cool story uh, to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then when you put it on our list to talk about and I clicked on the link, I see this green stained puppy pretty obvious to me and i'm like so interesting so you say stained the instant that i saw it i was like that's disgusting yeah. this is a stained puppy yeah so let's talk about it right so the the reason it took the internet by storm is that there was this white german shepherd dog who had a litter i don't even know of maybe seven puppies yeah, it know. looked like some were dark colored some were white and then this puppy was green yeah kind but, of a fluorescent so, uh a fluorescent forest green yes so dr miller how can a white puppy be green so i mean i read the story to confirm it but yeah it's just stained by meconium yeah. uh, which is the you know the, the first stool uh fecal material that a puppy would pass and so in this case it's passed within the, the fetal sac yeah so i thought it was insane that the internet went crazy over this and it just goes to show you like how powerful social media can be and honestly i hate to use the word but how ignorant yeah so i mean the this public is, is this is totally not interesting to me it's not newsworthy Same. Um, but, but literally these people have been picked up everywhere so yeah, this German I mean, Shepherd dog has puppies in North Carolina. The owner has no idea, obviously, what they're doing. If this were a breeder that, I know this is rude, but a little bit of an overstatement. If this but, were a breeder that had maybe had a litter or two before, right. they would recognize that this is totally bizarre. And maybe they did. Yeah. Maybe I'm just taking some credit back, and maybe they were impressed that the entire dog was stained green and not just the back limbs and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but how insane that people are really thinking that this dog is going to grow up and be a green Hulk, yeah. Hulk dog. Like, yeah. give the dog a bath. Yeah, well, my, in this case, mom licks and cleans the puppy <laughs> like, up, and the next day they're like, oh, thank thank goodness we've yeah. got our, our white German Shepherd so, back here. So, again, it's like there's so much left to, to assumption, right? So, like, did these people know? Did they not know? Did they take it to the Internet? because of ignorance did they take it to the internet because they were surprised and then just it ran like wildfire through every social media outlet i saw it on twitter i saw it like i said on cnn picked it up a day ago it's crazy uh, it's all over facebook everybody and their brother is sharing it mm-hmm. and i just think it's so crazy yeah and a lot of these stories that we read through we've at least commented internally to each other like that's not all that interesting like there was a um, a vet school in Florida did a procedure on a dog and, and it got picked up and it was just kind of a routine procedure, but it was, it was touted as this, you know, this life-saving, you know, novel technique. And I'm yeah. just thinking, really? Yeah. So, so anyway, um, maybe we just, uh, 
maybe we just need to continue doing what we're doing, sharing a little bit more of, of what of what goes on around here, because that's so, what people seem to want to. To everyone out there, the dog is not going to grow up green. Nope. He's going to be white. He is like, white already after mom cleaned him up. Yeah. Him he, or her. I think it's he because it's a Hulk. Oh, okay. Right? Um, it's just insane. Um, I'm certain that there are people already out there like trying to pay top dollar for a, a lime green dog, but it's, it's not going to happen. I so, guess. So anyway, um, I did read, uh, actually right before we started this podcast that, um, uh, and I don't have it in front of me, Texas A&M, um, is working on a program for people that go through domestic abuse and I don't, it, it it wasn't that their pets were being abused, but people who are domestically abused, they are they have created this safe house for them to come to with their pets, and they they really are you know relating, I guess the abuse to pets and abuse to animals, and they're just trying to kind of I don't know bring bring that to light and, and help out there. So, so there's what a, are they there's doing? A, there's a third year veterinary student um, there at A and M that that was was listed. So kind of doing it like a capstone project, or like What's, it's something that they're starting. I think they're starting it, and there is what's the uh, uh, it starts with an A. Uh, the Geisha a, House, a, a Henza House, or a something. Henza House, something. Yeah. Uh, around this area, they've been doing it for a long time, and it, it is basically uh, it's the same thing. It's it's mm-hmm. a, a safe a safe house for typically battered women that accepts their pets um, as well. It's a Himza House. Okay, so how how do you speak? It's a a Himza. Yeah, A-H-I-M-S-A, Ahimsa. So it's if you're looking for help um, for both you and your pet. And so they have a bunch of stories on here um, about women who were in battered situations and they brought their pet to the shelter with them. Yeah. I do know that in a lot of domestic violence cases, you know, if the the woman is trying to get out, she oftentimes stays because of the guilt of the kids, kids if there's children involved yeah. or the guilt of the, the pet if there's pets involved. And so places like this and what Texas A&M is doing um, really gives people, um, I guess, no reason uh, not to leave. Yeah, a good option. Yeah. Certainly. Um, probably, you know, very beneficial to the vet students as well to kind of go through or, or be a part of some of those programs as well. Oh, sure. Um, I got an email last week and it's from a, a company that we send some of our allergy cases, allergy testing cases to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are once again uh, in the market for cat hair. Were you at the yes. clinic here when we... Like nine years ago. Yeah, so they're, they're, uh, they're seeking cat hair you can't have bathed the cat it needs to be either clipped with a clipper or scissors Mm -hmm. um you have to sign waivers obviously that you're not harming the animals and and actually you have to when you send them the cat hair it has to have a a health certificate has to go along with it that's interesting so for cat hair so yeah i found that super interesting so it's a bit more involved than what it used to be like so Mm -hmm. we used to be able just to clip cats that were coming in for grooming or other procedures we would clip the hair or like if a cat came in for a spay we'd clip the hair and we'd save it rather than putting it in the trash and send it off but now they want it documented like the age sex i i don't know i haven't gotten that far in that process i think it's probably just like you're like you're shipping a uh trailer load of cattle you know across state lines that yeah. you have this for this cat hair so uh do you remember roughly what cat hair is worth no do you yeah it's it's over a hundred dollars a pound 
oh, that wow. they're, they're willing to pay. That's crazy. So, so interesting that they're doing a lot of studies on these cat hairs and things. I don't know if I just made this up in my brain or if I saw it somewhere on social media or not, but somebody had a premature baby Okay. and it was in the NICU and somebody was like, oh, well, that baby's going to be allergic to pets. And somehow there's this correlation and I wanted to look more into it, but do you know anything about that? No. That apparently like premature children or, or, or children who are, I guess, are not... I guess, or aren't full term in the womb, have a higher tendency to allergies No. to pets. I Again, I don't know where I saw that or read that or heard that, but that is something that I definitely uh, recall within the last couple of weeks. But I'll look into that more. Yeah. So See if there's a true correlation. So this allergy testing and serum company, they're, they are using, my understanding is they are using the dander from this cat hair uh, for human hyposensitization to cats right okay. so yeah. you basically expose people subjects to small amounts of, of an allergen um, and then you gradually increase that dose so that their body when they see it they don't it doesn't go crazy so you're just trying to hyposensitize them um, there was another story that I, I picked up again from aha that the title says do you think you're allergic to dogs maybe just males and so it says there might be a solution that's easier than allergy shots for for those dog lovers who find themselves allergic to them. Neutering a male pup or opting for a female dog uh, may be the answer. And so um, up to 30% of people who are allergic to dogs are actually allergic to one specific protein that's made in the prostate of a dog. Isn't that crazy? That is bizarre. So while we're sitting here, and obviously people probably don't really care about what we're looking at, but so I thought it was premature babies, but maybe it was C-section babies because I actually found there's an article on C-section babies from Henry Ford Hospital that C-section babies are five times more likely to develop allergies by age two than those that are born naturally. I just think that's crazy that that is a, that's like, so there's there got to, so during the birthing process, there's got to be some, I don't know, fluid or physical, I, I don't, I can't make sense of that. It doesn't make any sense to me either, but I, I thought it was premature, but now that I'm listening, it does make sense that it was C-section and maybe it was on a TV show and I thought for sure, like, there's no way that there can be any truth to this, but wow. obviously there is. Huh. Yeah, that's. I'll have to check into that. I've never heard of that, but I also haven't heard, you know, that uh, the male that, dog, the male, yeah, prostate. Uh, yeah, that's that's bizarre. bizarre Things bizarre. are weird. So let's. So we've talked about like pets historically and how they're becoming bigger parts of our lives and all of this. We're personifying them more and more. I'm definitely guilty of it, right? Like, I feed my dogs dinner when it's dinner time and that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. Spotify. So you have a Spotify account. I have a Spotify account. It's yep. similar to Pandora. It's like a paid service. So you can kind of listen to any music that you want as long as it's available on Spotify. Any For any duration, whatever. You can hit repeat, um, all that kind of thing. So very cool. But Spotify actually created playlists of songs and podcasts for pets who are left at home alone. So, yeah, I pulled this up in preparation for the show and so I'm, I'm looking at it right now and we have dog music uh, calming sounds we have music for dogs relaxing sounds music for dogs ears we have more calming more relaxing we have sleepy dogs we have bravo dog knowledge which is a podcast um, 
and it goes on and on. That is just it's it's crazy. Bizarre. Yes. So when you leave your house, make sure that you set your Spotify to uh, your dog's playlist. Um, but it's also interesting that they currently have options for dogs, cats, iguanas, huh. birds, and get this, hamsters. 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 Yes. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I, yeah, everybody enjoys a good playlist or, you know, a good podcast. I wish we could get on the podcast list for, on Spotify for dogs. Do you think they really want to hear about Sayalid adnectomy? <laughs> Cyalo adnectomy. Um, gosh, well, that might be the word again next week, and so we'll see if we can get it right. Um, th- that's that's pretty pretty crazy, though. Um, yeah, yeah, weird. So, but like in boarding and kenneling situations, there have been quote unquote studies. I don't know who's done them, but there have been studies that uh, reported that if you play specific types of music, it does calm the the pack, if you will. So. Maybe for a dog that has like separation anxiety or something like that, it might help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. We uh, when we built the clinic here, we 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 have music that we pop in. You know, back in all the kennels and and wards, uh, it, it's it's definitely calming. So, but you know, you're you're kind of going down the more. Um, like leaving the light on for the dog in the dark or yeah. leave your TV on so that your dog can hear people. It's it's kind of interesting. That's where I was going down the whole personification. Personification, so like yeah. When you leave your house, make sure your dog's not alone and you, you know, leave. And I assume that majority of these pets that people use this for aren't crated, right? right. Like my dogs are crated at every day, every time I leave the house. Um I'm not necessarily afraid that they'll in destroy custom, the house. And in, in a custom made crate, not like a dungeon crate. So you, oh, yeah. you know, so but a lot of people would, would absolutely refuse to ever crate their dog. That's cruel. That's not you right. know and so they will let the dog just roam the house and destroy the house and, and they so don't all destroy, but some can, but some so, for sure can, especially if they have separation anxiety and other uh, anxious behaviors. And so a lot of times we are um, humanizing i was gonna say humifying i'm like that's that doesn't make sense so humanizing them um sometimes to a fault because sometimes when we treat them like humans they start to act like humans well, and yeah there's no boundaries no boundaries so any um, dog trainer will tell you like there needs to be boundaries between the dog and the human and then we talked was it last podcast about uh it was last or the one before about cat people are more likely to not go to church because yeah. they view their cat as godlike yeah, and so it was last. you know either we idolize them or we or we humanize them um uh, maybe we don't need to uh any eyes them uh, you know those, those those things can be bad so um but they can also be good they so be. the last little topic um and then we'll sign out is dentistry uh, animal dentistry, pet dentistry, dog and cat dentistry. Um, typically, February has always been "quote unquote" dental month in the veterinary industry. Uh, the truth is, it typically is the slowest month for most practices. And this was a campaign that that uh, somebody came up with years ago to try to increase traffic flow through the animal hospital. And so, at GVA, every month every month is dental month. If we make the recommendation that your pet have its teeth cleaned um, if you schedule that appointment at that moment and it's within the next 60 days we give a uh, a pretty significant compliance discount at that time mm-hmm. um, so that is something that we have been really working on increasing our compliance 
And so the, the good thing about if you're going to humanize your pet and dress them in designer clothes and designer collars and paint their nails and get their hair cut, uh, you probably should take really good care of their teeth as well. Yeah, or their overall health. And their overall health, I would yes. say. And so we historically as a an industry have not always made a strong recommendation for cleaning a pet's teeth when when they need to have their teeth clean sometimes we wait until the teeth are literally almost falling out of, of the mouth they're yeah. super you know advanced in their disease um and we're not doing you know preventative care for the mouth like we're like we preach to do preventative care for the rest of the animal and so um that this is something we've been working on as a group for the last couple of years mm -hmm. and it, it's just it's just hard to convince every owner that their pet probably needs to have a dental evaluation oral oral and dental evaluation and and prophylactic cleaning uh at least once a year you know most of the time, the dentist, at least in this area, are going to recommend that us humans go in twice a year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I try to think about what if, what if we only went to the dentist when we had stage four uh, dental and periodontal disease? Gosh, what, what would our mouth look like, smell like, taste like? Uh, how healthy would we be? So we're, we're trying, to, uh, trying to, to, to work on that and get our, our clients a little more educated as to the why. Yeah. Uh, to, to take better care of their pet's mouth. And in preparation of Dental Month, we just put a video out on all of our social media. So certainly go to Facebook and try to track that down. Um, it kind of just walks through, as Dr. Miller explained, kind of the periodontal disease and all of that disease that's kind of happening underneath the gum line, even if you think your pet's teeth don't look that bad. Um, right. Chances are there's a lot going on under the gum line happens, that, that we don't know about. Once a once a week at least. We have a, a pet we we put under anesthesia and start the process of, of the dental uh, cleaning. We think it's going to be routine, and we get in there and we find disease under the gum line, and we wind up having to extract teeth because of that. So right. Okay, well, let's sign out. Okay. Well, uh, one more time. Say alloadnectomy. Sai. Same difference. Allo Adnectomy. S I A L O A D E N E C T O M Y. Have you ever heard the little saying? So I remember this from like, I don't know, pre K, kindergarten, first grade, somewhere around there. But when two vowels go a walking, which one does the talking? Something goes a talking. I don't know. The first or second? The first one does the talking? If I that's don't know. the case, if two vowels go a walking and the first one does the talking, it's sialo adnectomy. If it's the second one does the talking, it's sayalloadnectomy. Well, it's the first one in this case, is all <laughs> I can tell you. So, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Make sure to check in next week as we discuss more in the news and in our industry. Follow us on Instagram at People, Pets, and Vets. Make sure to follow all of our clinics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our blogs on our website at mygavet.com. Also, under the resources tab, you can listen to the podcast directly on our website or get this podcast wherever you like to get your podcasts from. Um, and remember, without people, pets are simply animals. Bye, guys. <laughs>